In the season finale of Studio Inter, we'll be discussing the win against Empoli. We'll be reviewing the entire season with James Horncastle. We'll be discussing our thoughts on Conte moving forward, this week's Moji, Moratti and Frog, and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, only on sempreinter.com. Benvenuti, bentornati to another edition of Studio Inter. Uh, I am your host, Nima Tavallo Ruzzari, who is barely alive today after the mind beep that Inter put us all through last night. Um, uh, but we're, st- we're, we're all here and we're going to get into the, all the emotions that we felt and this entire craziness of a season. But let me first introduce the panelist. Uh, he is the host of the Alex Dono Show in Florida. Welcome back, Mr. Alex Dono. Nima, I'm so happy to be back. Everyone, it's great to be back. I'm I'm still recovering from all of Sunday's <laughs> chaos. I'm not going to lie to you. But it's not really just Sunday's chaos, the chaos of an entire season that was yeah. really an emotional roller coaster throughout. <laughs> so in, in it's bittersweet because it's you know, as much as I love Calcio and I love watching Inter, it is a little bit of a relief for this season to be finished. Oh, don't little bit. It's a it's a big relief. I'd say it's a huge relief. Uh, and we are also joined by um, uh, the Serpents of Madonina's very own and Semprinto.com's very own Mr. Will Beckman. How are you, Will? Did you get to sleep at like at some point yesterday? Because when we spoke at 2, 3 a.m., you were still like your pulse was just like mine. It was still racing. Is it over? <laughs> <laughs> Can I come out from behind the sofa? <laughs> um, uh, and, <laughs> yeah. Not really. Just not, not really. Just, you know. And we're also yeah. good, joined by our good friend uh, Fulvio Santucci, who yesterday, for about an hour and a half, was my own Dr. Phil while he was driving from uh, to, to from Milan. Welcome, Mr. Fulvio Santucci, to the show. Oh, hello, guys. Uh, am I alive? Am, yes. am I alive? Can you hear me? Yeah? Am I alive? Did this survive? Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? I don't know. Hello. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Yeah, and we are also joined by our very good friend, Mr. James Horncastle, who survived his trip from Italy, uh, despite all the delays he had on his flight. Welcome back to uh, welcome back to the show, Mr. James Horncastle. It's a pleasure to be with you. I I, I didn't have the same um, cardiogram as, uh, <laughs> as you guys, um, um, but I was uh, emotional all the same because I was in Rome for. Uh, Daniele De Rossi's farewell game, which which uh, yeah kind of eclipsed everything else that was going on uh, in in the league, at least for people in the Stadio Olimpico. So uh, it's only been watching the 
<laughs> watching the game again this morning, which was just absolutely mind-blowing. I was texting a, a friend who's a big Genoa fan who was saying it was like the best thriller movie he's ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised he says that. Uh, I'm not surprised he said that at all because that's that's exactly how it was. Because um, I mean, when 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 Brozovic scores the third goal, and then they go and look at the VAR and you see the replay, I'm thinking he's going to get sent off. That means that for the next two minutes, <laughs> they're going to have a free kick and they're going to be against ten men. I mean, who does that to their like? What is wrong with Inter? Anyway, no, let's 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 get into that because this season, I mean, it, it started pretty well uh, this season, and then we got to Christmas Day, and then from Christmas Day, when 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 Raja Nangolan presumably went on a drunken rampage on WhatsApp and threw everyone under the bus, uh, which he apologized for later, until yesterday when when Luca Banti blew the whistle for the final time in the Serie A, it's been absolute mayhem at Inter. Um, Will and Fulvio said uh, going into the season that they were hoping that this was going to be the season that Inter stopped being Inter. Instead, it ended up being the season where Inter out-Intered themselves. Um, how, 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 do, how, do you, how do you look at all of this madness that's been going on for the past six months at Inter? Me? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, look, I mean, I was reflecting on my preseason expectations of Inter and they were much the same as uh, Will and Fulvio in that I thought that um, they could build on last year, um, that it wouldn't come down to the final day, uh, getting uh, Champions League qualification, um, that if anything, they could maybe compete for second place um, because I expected Napoli to regress um, with uh, Pepe Reina, Giorgino, Maurizio Sarri leaving. I expected Roma to find it more difficult to get into the Champions League after losing Alisson um, and Strutman and Nyingalan. And instead, Napoli did better than I expected. Roma did worse and Inter were Inter. Um, and <laughs> in some respects, in some respects, it's, it's quite disappointing. And uh, you said they started well, Nima. No, they didn't. Because if you, if you look back at their, their first four fixtures, everyone thought, this is great. Inter are going to get a real head of steam going. They're playing Sassuolo on the opening day. Um, they then play, what, Torino, uh, Parma and Bologna. And they only won one of those games. And all of a sudden, um, it felt like all the enthusiasm, all the hype around the Inter that they had been uh, through the summer, which always the case because Gazetta can't help themselves from telling us that Inter are going to win the treble every uh, every year um, and instead it, it it turned into that kind of weird season which oddly turned in a game where they were completely outplayed against Spurs and yet somehow managed to win that game um, and and would go on what a seven game winning streak in the league when I did kind of start to believe that Inter could push for second again um, because I would say that the, the the, the most consistent spell that they had was that spell where they played three really good games of football back-to-back -back in the league, where they beat Milan in the derby. They um, outplayed Lazio 3-0 at the Olimpico. They trounced Genoa 5-0 um, at San Siro. And you thought, wow, this is, this is the, the, the Inter we were expecting in Spalletti's second year. Uh, and then, as you say, you get to January and there had already been warning signs, you know, with uh, what Lautaro Martinez, his father, basically going to, on Twitter and saying, why isn't he picking my son? You had Nyingaland going to the casino, showing up late. You then had the Icardi thing just blowing up. And you know what? I like my my overall assessment is this has been 
an underwhelming season for Inter. They could and should have done better, particularly in the Cups in a year when uh, Juventus went out to Atalanta in the Coppa Italia, and that was all open. Um, in the Europa League, maybe, you, you know, remember how they went out in the Champions League, where they kind of had the match point um, for two, two of the final match days and didn't take them. Um, but then I look at it and I think, given all of that mess that was going on and has been probably going on for 18 months, it probably could have been a lot worse than fourth place. Um, a lot worse. <laughs> and, and yet, and yet they've, they're in the Champions League. Um, Conte has what he wants. Um, and, you know, you can kind of use the summer to go again and be better next year. It's, I, I have conflicting emotions about this season at Inter because, on the, you know, as we've, met, we've discussed many times on, on, on Twitter and on WhatsApp, Spalletti is completely crazy, has been his own <laughs> worst enemy on, on many occasions this season. And yet he's kind of still got them into fourth place um, when we've seen other clubs have crises, but maybe lesser crises than Inter and, and not finish in the, in the top four. So... I don't know how I, don't, I really don't know how to, um, how to how to come on which side to come out on. I'm still going to probably come out on underwhelmed. They should have done better, but um, yeah, it's it's weird how I, I've seen this team play so well as they did in in the in both derbies really, particularly the first half of the second derby. They were fantastic in that game, um, and yet you know again they they in the last ten minutes of. Uh, of that game against Empoli, everybody is, you know, I mean, I've got quite a lot of hair at the moment, uh, <laughs> um, but I would, I would be as bald as my father um, if I was an Inter fan. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Um, right, I'll, I'll send you, Fulvio, do you want to ask James a question? Okay, so I would like to understand uh, uh, your opinion about um, what can, uh, um, about, about the, the problem of Inter this season, because, um, I kept, I kept saying into these months, but not only me, of course, uh, that uh, um, the players, uh, this, this group of players uh, basically could not grow anymore. And uh, this group of players is composed by, by people that, uh, by person, by player that are not, uh, are not used to, um, uh, to aim for the, for, for the victory. Um, well, somebody else said that uh, the, um, this attitude was into, into Spalletti, into the coach. So I would like to um, to understand your opinion about this. So do you think that uh, the problem of this madness uh, that uh, happened to Inter into the last months uh, is um, is about the players, is about the coach? And uh, in any case, uh, what do you think can change with Conte on charge now? So I think reflecting on Spalletti's two years um, as Inter coach, one of the things that has surprised me and disappointed me the most is the lack of inventiveness um, in his coaching, because I think that is something that has always distinguished him, um, particularly in, in both spells um, at Roma. And instead, this time, Inter always felt a bit one-dimensional, a bit flat. Um, and, you know, there would be the odd substitution, the odd move um, in, in one or two games, which would, which would surprise you and think, okay, um, Spalletti is able to change games. He's able to outthink his opponent. Um, but that surprised me that he wasn't able to have as much of an influence as I think he has had on other teams um, in, in his career. Um, the other thing, I mean, if you look at the, the numbers that have come through over the last, uh, well, 
over the last 24 hours, kind of reviewing the season. You know, Inter are the team that average the most possession per game in Serie A. They are the team that have kept the most clean sheets in Serie A. And yet you you look at them and you think, okay, maybe they've dominated the ball, but have they dominated as many games as those numbers suggest? Have they always been in control of those games as those numbers would suggest? No, I don't, I, 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 I don't think they have. And I think that's why we come back to this inter-DNA, this, this sense that... Um, yeah, this team, this this club has always got this um, this strain of this culture within it. Um, I think it, it comes from a, a team that has been. I look at some of the new signings for from last summer, and I don't think they have all assimilated as well as many people have expected. You look at um, Simo Bisalico, the the fullback, that hasn't worked out. Um, you look at Dalbert before that. Um, yeah, Spalletti has tried to make that work. It hasn't really. Um, you then look at um, Nyingalan. Now, Nyingalan has had big moments, most notably last night, essentially in getting the goal that clinched some Champions League qualifi- qualification. He scored a great goal against Juventus. He did well in, particularly in a four-game kind of stretch in February. But has he done as much as we expected to, him to do? I think, in some respects, the goal he scored last night kind of repaid a bit of a debt to Spalletti because I think he he's been a bit of a disappointment. Um, and you know, other than that, I think you know, Devry and Asamoa. I mean, Asamoa's been okay. Devry has been pretty much as you would expect. I just feel that this this team doesn't have a chemistry about it, which I think it needs for these players to improve as well. We can talk about yeah, the coach making a difference, but I do think sometimes it comes it comes from within with players taking responsibility for themselves and. Uh, and getting on together and finding solutions themselves. And I, I don't think Inter always there's enough joined up thinking with with the with Inter as, as, as teammates to to make that happen. So I think that's going to be the fundamental change that we'll see this summer is some of those characters will leave. You know, it, it can't have been easy being around with Mario Icardi um, <laughs> and everything going around over the last six months. It can't have been easy, you know, with with Ivan Perisic. It, 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 and that again, it comes back to this point that in some respects, it could have been so much worse than fourth place, given how bad um, the atmosphere was around this uh, around this team. All the things that kind of could inhibit this team and stop it from from getting results. So, I expect Perisic will go. I expect Icardi will go. Um, I expect some of the, the the kind of guys who again. Suning blew a lot of money on uh, early on in in their ownership, like João Mario, who, to be fair to him, at the end of December, uh, beginning of January, did pretty well, and then yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Conte and you the profile that Conte Gio Godin. You look at um, Edin Dzeko, who was whistled. As he came off last night at the Stadio Ooh, Olimpico, um, it looks like that's going to happen. These are guys who are old, but know what it takes to get it done. Have won titles before, and I think that ultimately is the profile of player that they're they're going for. Hmm. Will? Yeah, I don't have a I don't have a question as such. I have um I have a statement. Um, I want to know if James agreed. Uh, by the way, I thought of this earlier when Nima was ranting at me on the phone. Um, it sort of came came into my head. Um, last season, Inter reached the Champions League because of Mauro Icardi. This season, they reached the Champions League in spite of Mauro Icardi. 
I agree with that completely because I was looking at uh, the last time he scored a goal from open play um, and I'm going to be uncharitable uh, and say it was at the end of October against Lazio. Um, you can say he scored one against Roma at the end of December, but really it was from a set piece. It was heading in a corner. The rest have been penalties. He only scored six goals from open play. So even when he's been on the pitch, even when he's come back from uh, well, the, the, the impossible, the brink really, the, the, the relationship that could not be reconciled with him on the pitch he's missed penalties he's missed chances and they've I think I mean again the second half of the season they have suffered so badly because uh, uh, if you look at um if you look at where their second half of the season where they would play they'd be eighth on the basis of the 19 behind Bologna I was just yeah. looking at that <laughs> 19 games since January they'd be eighth their attack is 12th in that time they would only scored 26 goals um, in those 19 games. And uh, yeah, ultimately, it has come down to Handanovic, it's come down to the defence, and it's come down from, it's come down to, yeah, the, the odd player coming good for three or four games and then burning out for a time. I mean, you look at when initially Icardi um, decided that he wasn't going to um, show up, uh, he wasn't going to um, be part of the squad um, during his standoff with the club and how Lautaro initially um, uh, came very good, particularly with that performance in the derby where he was he was magnificent. Um, they've had players who've come up with 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 enough moments like that, as you'd expect a team that has invested this much money in um, the squad um, that has, to be honest, let's, let's be honest, a lot of talent around it. They've just they've just been able um, to do it. And I mean, to go back to what Fulvio was uh, the question Fulvio asked. Um, about what's kind of happened at Inter over the last couple of years and, and, and this team and its structure. I remember the last six months of last season, what kind of helped Inter get over the line was not only Icardi, it was that they found a fluency with Cancelo and Rafinha. And mm, I agree uh, with that. Um, you, you have FFP, they can't buy Cancelo. Cancelo goes to Juventus. They decide not to go for Rafinha. They sign Nainggolan instead. And it's almost like they're starting again. Yeah. Um, and and I, I think that that, is, that has been another uh, another factor in Inter's season being not as as good as expected. Mm, good point, uh, Alex. You have a question for James. <clears throat> yeah, you know, I, I have a question that's more of a, a big picture, James, in Serie A this season. Uh, I've lost count of how many VAR controversies there have been. There was a bit of controversy in, in the match Sunday and a penalty that was uh, given to Empoli that Icardi missed. And, of course, you go back to the Fiorentina match in February, the Danilo D'Ambrosio handball. You know, VAR this season seemed to take a step back from a year ago. What, what sort of tweaks do you think need to be made to the way it's implemented? <laughs> Get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> Change the refs. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's been interesting seeing what the Premier League. One of the recommendations they're they're bringing in is to uh, is to just bring in the best uh, the best referees, regardless of where they're from. You know, the, 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 the elite foreign referees, as you see in the Champions League, which, to be honest, hasn't stopped these controversies from happening in the Champions League. Um, I think one of the issues with uh, with 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 VAR is that um, I think it, it's exposed how vague some of the rules are, particularly when it comes yeah. to 
to handball, um, handball above all, where you now have this this crazy situation in in, in Serie A where it doesn't matter whether there's uh, whether it's deliberate or not, whether there's intention. Um, if someone handles the ball in the penalty area, just give it. <laughs> and uh, and we've seen some we've we've seen some kind of ludicrous penalties um, uh, given because of that. I, mean, I seem to remember one. Uh, dare I see even given against Juventus in the Juventus Sampdoria game? Uh, I think, in fact, I think there were there were a couple of penalties in in December um, in that game, which you know both Allegri and Gianpaolo weren't happy about because it it was just um, it was a, just a ridiculous interpretation of the rules. So I think IFAB has to go back and redraft these rules. Um, so there is there is better clarity uh, for referees when it when it comes to implementing it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it, it's 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 still not a particularly satisfactory situation. But I mean, could, I mean, if you really look back to Inter Fiorent, or Fiorentina Inter, where the ball didn't even hit uh, D'Ambrosio's arm, and he looks at the video and he still gives a penalty. I mean, that 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 to me is is, is more an issue of that. That's not a rule problem for me. It's more uh, a referee under a lot of pressure uh, to be nice. Uh, if you want to be, if you don't want to be, consp- you know, you know, flog conspiracy theories. You you know, you have to say that you know a referee in the 93rd minute in a game like that um, shouldn't. Maybe the referee shouldn't look at it maybe they should have like a war room like they have in the nhl uh, where they have like referees out sitting comfortably out far away from the stadium looking at these things and then uh, and then deciding uh, you know whether or not uh, you know similar to the, what they do in ice hockey pretty much i think just from my experience of, of going to games this year um it, one of the really weird things about uh, a, a referee going to review is you see the referee go over and then the players follow him and you don't really see it on TV, but they, they all kind of follow him and then they just stand behind him um, like a kind of mob. Um, <laughs> they're all shouting, uh, shouting various things at him, um, which it, it, it reminds Remains, I think, even when you give someone all the tools, I think Nemo was alluding to this, you give them all the tools to make the best decision, the right decision, human error still is, is still a factor, um, you know, for whatever, for whatever, for whatever, for whatever reason, uh, you know, someone's concentration can be distracted for uh, a fraction of a second and they will still make the wrong decision having seen, seen the, the video evidence. It's, I think it's something that's, um, unfortunately, it's it's always going to be there, and I think there was this expectation. It wasn't packaged as well as it should have been, where people thought it would end it would end mistakes, yeah. um, and yeah. uh, and the and the fact is, this machinery is still being used, applied, interpreted by by human beings. Um, so, just as pundits when they watch. Um, when they watch a replay back 45 minutes after a game is finished and they still misinterpret it or, or get it wrong, I think referees in, in, the, uh, in the blink of an eye can still get it wrong as well. And I think that's just something we're going to have to live with. That's a good point. Um, I wanted to, uh, uh, just before we let you go, are we, uh, will we be enjoying your uh, walks down memory lane, uh, down Serie A memory lane next season when you make these, uh, when you talk about uh, classic cultural legends uh, during halftime of, of games? Will we, be, will we be enjoying that next season? 
I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea that these things actually go out because <laughs> I, I don't watch the world feed and obviously they don't use them in Italy. So, um, so uh, yeah, I occasionally get um, people tweeting from, uh, I don't know, some bar in Nepal saying that they've <laughs> seen ugly um, talking about caca or something. But, um, uh, but yeah, no, I... I I imagine so. I mean, there are enough lessons to go around, so so we'll see. And I'm cheap enough that they they use me before. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, uh, I think this is the second or third time you came on this season, James. Uh, uh, just this season, James. We really appreciate it. Um, what's 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 happening for you now? Are you going to have a nice long vacation, or uh, w- what can we look forward to? Uh, well, uh, it's quite a tournament this summer but there is there are lots of mini major tournaments if that makes sense i mean i I might be going to watch italy play bosnia um and uh at the moment um i am i'm kind of just following the under 20 the under 20 world cup um as as that's going on because i quite enjoyed the under 17s uh last week um uh which you know again should be something you you guys should be excited about because probably the best well, the best best Italy player and one of the best players in the tournament does into in, in Sebastiano Esposito. So, so, um, so yeah. Um, so I, I think it will just be that going to Sicily in August. What can I say? You know, it's <laughs> it's a hard yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> well, and watching Bonanno Di Marzio as well. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, and uh, and often WhatsApping. Uh, I, one of my great, my favourite pastimes about watching Serie A is is either WhatsApping Will during Calcio Mercato, or or, or, uh, or I usually hear from Will whenever Giancarlo Marocchi is commentating oh. or, or, or or on Sky Calcio. He'll be Calcio on the telly from Milano Maritima this summer, talking about <laughs> absolute nonsense as always in his shorts. Yeah. I'm, 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 look, I'm really looking forward to the jingle that Alessandro Bonan writes for the Calcio Mercato one because I, I, me and Will were talking about it earlier and I, I, don't, I don't think that he's ever written a good one as one as good as the, the one where it's basically a child singing Darmi un bacio così ti da rivera <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> I absolutely love that jingle Thank you so much James uh, for coming on uh, at James Horncastle Thank you again, and we'll we'll hope to have you on next season. Pleasure, guys. The thing is, you'll have so much to already be you know get this season for because I expect Conte will be announced uh, this week. You'll already be going into transfer overload. It'll be like it'll be like what happened on Sunday never happened. So. <laughs> yeah, that, in there, that's the it's, it'll be a little bit maybe a little bit more of a controlled chaos as opposed to this uncontrolled mayhem. Mm. Thanks, James. Thanks for coming on. Pleasure, guys. Ciao. Ciao. Bye, James. Right. Um, before we... Uh, like, let's, let's talk about this season because um, I, I don't know what to, what to make of it and I'm trying to collect my thoughts. Um, but, uh, I mean, going into this season, in the first episode, I was listening to the first episode, the season premiere we did, we did going into this season. And I remember, all, you know, I, I said that I wanted for Inter to have a good season. I wanted to see improvement in the Serie A. We did not see that. Inter have fewer goals. Inter have fewer points. Have won fewer matches, and finish fourth again. Um, and then I wanted Inter to get to the semi-final or final of the Coppa Italia. Well, that didn't happen. 
um, then then you have you know qualify from the group stage or at least get to the quarterfinal of the Europa League. That didn't happen. So it's 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 definitely a season where it was a I wouldn't say it was a step back, but it's a side it's a step sideways. Um, and and I think that that is maybe you know that as James said, there's the other side of it is well throughout this entire chaos. Uh, Inter still managed to qualify for the Champions League, which is a huge, huge, um, which is a huge, uh, uh, which is a huge accomplishment. Um, um, uh, but, 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 so I'm curious to hear, you know, where, where are you, Fulvio, on this? Have you had time yet to, uh, to, to, to think about where you are on this season? Fulvio? You there? Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, sorry. I, I lost you. I lost you for some time. Um, well, uh, actually, actually not. I, I did not, uh, uh, or, or at least I, I, I did. I, I made a, I made a short review in my mind about what this season, what the season was during the last game. But uh, actually, what, uh, what I witnessed yesterday was over, really over my imagination. On the of the of the final of the season, um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's it's really be, be beyond my imagination to to be honest. Um, but uh, what I what I can tell is that uh, the season uh, the season everybody expected Inter to, um, uh, to 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 make to make a step ahead, right? To mm. to consolidate to consolidate his growth because um, the Spalletti project. Uh, um, Seemed, seemed very very good last year, um, and everybody everybody talked about uh, okay Inter struggle last year, but uh, they were short. Uh, they um, they played uh, all the on um, the first part of the season with just three full backs uh, in the in the squad. So uh, the, mm, the 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 roster was pretty practically short, very short. So the the common opinion was uh, Spalletti did not have the resources to do better, right? And uh, when the summer mercato uh, closed, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, supporters uh, thought about uh, this was a, uh, this was a good uh, good session, uh, um, very uh, you know um, with with players very useful with very good deals uh, uh, in a uh, like free free transfer of a very good player like the Frey like uh, Azamoa. So yes, everybody everybody expected actually a step ahead. Um, and um, I don't know. Some, somebody, somebody uh, have um, predicted to 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 witness the same old story, right? To uh, go uh, with the first part uh, played very good, and uh, after Christmas, complete madness. Um, but I think that um, once again, I was telling this uh, on uh, to James uh, earlier that uh, it depends by the players, right? Because. Uh, uh, you have practically the same struggles uh, of uh, of the of the last uh, three four years, and um, but you change you change the managers. Uh, you have you have the same struggle uh, with Mancini. You have the struggle with Pioli. You have the struggle with Spalletti. So that means that uh, it's not it's not a matter of uh, it's not a matter of of managers, but probably a matter of players. Since if you can have something in common between the the three Inter, the, the the three or four last last season of Inter are the the players, right? Like, I mean the how can I tell the um, the players that uh, uh, practically are in charge of the dressing room. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking mm-hmm. about Icardi. I'm thinking about Perisic. Uh, 
Um, mm. Probably I would uh, before before the before yesterday game I would tell you Andanovic as well, but uh, Andanovic after yesterday it's really untouchable I think, uh, <laughs> well deserved. Um, yeah. But once again the point is that uh, I think that uh, when you have the same struggle when you continue to do the same thing despite having so different project because if you remember with Mancini Inter was uh, about um, was about physics was about uh, was about uh, athletism, was about uh, being uh, huger than the other one, right? Mm. When uh, Inter with Paletti was completely the opposite, right? We, we tried to play a good, a good football, we tried, to, uh, we tried to keep the ball, we tried to keep the, um, to keep the game on. Um, so two different approaches, two different styles, but uh, once again, the same results. So uh, I think that uh, the problem are the players. And I can... I can I can tell you that uh, um, because uh, this season was uh, a disaster, a complete failure for the uh, on the knockout game, right? I'm mm. thinking about the PSV and Oven. I'm thinking about Lazio in Coppa Italia. I'm thinking about Eintracht, even though Eintracht was uh, a weird game because you know you were really short on uh, on players. But also last night was a knockout game if you think about it, mm. and uh, you take the same risk. So that means that you have <clears throat> a mental issues right into the it's a mentality I mean we've said about I don't know how many times we've spoken about it just on this show the fact that this group of players is mentally weak um, and there's something that you you told me yesterday when we were speaking um, that I really that, that I hadn't really thought about it that much but, the, but yesterday when I was watching this game I, I, was, I, was, I was I was replaying that in my mind and that's the fact that you know buying buying players and building a squad, is um, it's not just about buying players who are good and uh, and and you know get, score goals and have assists and do good have good stats. It also comes down to the personality and the mental strength. And this group of players have yeah, been but, yeah, and, uh, and has been, it's, has it's, been it's built a matter of choices as well, right? Yeah, because exactly. if you think what you witnessed yesterday, you yeah. think like a player on or like Keita Balde, yeah. which is actually a good player. I mean, yeah. I mean, I like him on the on the field, but. Uh, when you when you do something like Keita Balde do on the on the stoppage time when Brazovic, Brazovic scored, yeah. he make a completely pointless fall, completely no pointless need fall. No need, uh, no need. And, and it was it was already booked, right? So yeah. it's it's stupid. It's definitely idiot to do something like that. So yeah. in interest, uh, keep and Keita is new, right? He's yeah. a new player. So that's that's show me that Inter keep buying players that uh, are not. Uh, able to to make smart choices into the game right exactly exactly and that falls flatly in the in the lap of mr piero auxilio of course uh, um especially in italian culture it's uh, it's really it's really it's really common to blame just one person but uh, this is a complex problem and the complex problem does not have uh, a simple solution right so it's not. It's not that you. It's not that you need to find a scapegoat. But of course, Auxilio is one of the other points in in common with the other Inter that uh, he provided, right? Because all these players. And uh, if you think about uh, if you think about Kate Abalde and what he what he did, right? But uh, also, I I mean, uh, like Condobbia. You remember Condobbia? Yeah, yeah. Uh, was exactly this kind of players, right? And it was impossible for him to make smart smart choices into the game to. Uh, to handle the game, to to properly cope with uh, with the different stages of of the game, and uh, we keep uh, as as Inter, we keep uh, we keep signing this kind of players that uh, are not able to do something like that, uh, are not able to to make the um, 
to, to have the smart choices uh, into the game, but also to handle the pressure. And uh, I don't know, it's something that's uh, of, something for which the uh, the director sportivo Piero Ausilio is um, surely responsible or at least accountable for that. Yeah. Even yeah. though even though nobody ever questioned about him about about this. Uh, but um, yes, I think uh, I think that's. Uh, its main responsibility was to um, was to have the uh, have the um, uh, I mean he was in charge of the of the of the squad until Marotta arrives. Um, I mean uh, for for a, for, a, for a little bit of time it was Sabatini with him, but uh, he was in charge of the of the team. And uh, when he was in charge of the team, uh, he practically made some uh, some choices like uh, Icardi captain that was completely destroyed. They completely destroyed the dressing room. Uh, so he's accountable for that, of course. But uh, for some reason, nobody ever questioned uh, <laughs> about, uh, on him about, about this. And uh, we talk about that a lot of times, right? Yeah. Even in the um, even in the at the beginning of the season, right? But um, yes, I think definitely, I think he's accountable. But uh, but I think he's gonna he's gonna get away with murder once again. <laughs> right, right. Um, uh, Will, um, what, have you had any times to think about the season? I'm keen to hear, like, I mean, where where are you on this? I mean, it's been a. Uh, are you are you are you are you also the kind of side? Are you feel like are you leaning a little bit towards where I am, the kind of sidestep? You know, it's been a step sideways, or are you more into what James said? Maybe that this this is a disappointment despite everything. Well, um, a sidestep is in itself a backward step, really, um, because this was a season where you were supposed to become better and you didn't. So if you become the same, you've had a bad season. Um, yeah. There's a there's a remarkable freeze frame going around on Twitter today about the, yeah. uh, the exact moment <laughs> at which Matthias Vecino scored against Lazio last season and the moment at which Rajan Angolan scored yesterday. The, the, the stopwatch. It says 80 minutes and 47 yeah. seconds. Yeah. Now, that just that just says everything. You know, twice in a row, Inter have had to wait until the last 10 minutes of the last game of the season to score the goal that would qualify them for the Champions League. And I think that, that it's a very eloquent description of what's happened. Um, I think it's just, it, it is a disappointing season. I mean, it's not a failure because ultimately the, the, the only um, crucial, um, indispensable objective was met. You know, you didn't drop out of the top four. Uh, so that's, you know, it's not a disaster. But we didn't do anything more than what we had to do. Um, so in that sense, I think it has to be a disappointment, particularly given what this team showed uh, between September and November, which was really the moment where we got, the, much like last season, those were the points that, that got us into the Champions League in the end. Um, so, no, it's, it's been a really poor season in the Cup. I think of all the things that have happened this season, the Coppa d'Italia defeat remains completely unforgivable, given that the team that we lost to went on to win the tournament. And we haven't won a tournament for, what, uh, eight years now. Um, so that was really, really difficult to accept. Um, but, you know, I, it's just, it's, it is a disappointment. Right? It's, it's, I didn't think Inter were going to be challenging Juventus, and I didn't think they were necessarily going to finish second. Like everybody said at the start of the season, you know, James is right, Gazetta do always love to talk up into it at the start of the season. Um, but I did think that we could be a comfortable third. And we were a comfortable third at the, the, at the turn of the year. You know, when we played Empoli at the end of the first half of the season, we were eight points clear of, of fifth place. Uh, and in, then between January and May, for one reason or another, we picked up 30 points from 19 games, uh, scored uh, less goals than we had in the first half of the season. And, you know, we ended up 
once again in the same position. And and it was it was a completely different feeling to last season. You know, that match against Lazio was was something to be celebrated because it was so long since we've been in the Champions League. It was it was a, a slightly weaker squad, a slightly shorter squad. Um, this season there was nothing to celebrate last night. You know, the, no. this this was we we saved a humiliation. We avoided yeah. a humiliation. You know, we dodged a bullet. However you want to say it. I mean, as nice as it is to you know deny Milan on the last day of the season at Champions League, they were, you know, they were inside for forty minutes. That's not really the point. You know, no. this is. It was just. It was a terrible, terrible way to end the season. And I, I just think that you know the results that that we've seen over the last three years. They're not going to change unless the players change. You know, Conte. I do have faith in in Conte because you know he he is we'll brilliant at winning. Don't don't go into that because we're going well, to discuss that briefly. No, but um, this is relevant because okay. these players have got to have got to change, and I just don't know if they can. You know, this is the third time in four years, as, as Fulvio showed a couple of weeks ago with a few graphs he put up, that the team has sprinted in the first half of the season and then crawled over the line in the second half of the season. You know, <laughs> it happens every single year. Yeah. It's extraordinary, and so. You know, yeah, they, to, to come full circle, a sideward step is a backward step. Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's an excellent point. But if we, but I mean, if I if I'm allowed to play devil's advocate, and I gotta say, I, I kind of feel disgusted even saying this to you, Alex. Um, <laughs> isn't it a isn't it even isn't it a sign of strength though somehow that when you go through all this that that when it really matters when your back is really against the wall that you you know you the inter two years in a row now have built maybe a, a culture of deli- shut up will <laughs> this is so now, this just need to know right this is yeah. so different to what he was saying a few hours yeah. ago no right? because I, are... I, I, what i want to yeah you know, I, I will say what i think i'm just I'm, I'm trying to be a neutral host here all right yeah. no but seriously is is it a sign of strength after all uh, alex that this for the second year in a row in the last game when it matters the most inter inter uh, inter managed to get the job done yeah the short answer is yes uh, i slept very well sunday night i'm sure i'll sleep very well again on monday night uh nima my overall view of this season it was purgatory right i mean it was hopefully a bridge to to better times to come hopefully i i have to use the word hopefully because with inter you never know that they can find ways to ruin uh what looks to be you know promising changes so i i you take it with a grain of salt sure uh i am definitely going to remember the 2018-29 campaign i think a lot more for off the pitch stuff than on the pitch stuff i mean on the pitch sure you'll remember the the derby victories you know uh you know, the home victory against Napoli on Boxing Day or the 3-0 the against Lazio early in the season. There there were certainly a, a few decent moments on the pitch. But, you know, off the pitch in the negative column, you'll remember Icardi and Wanda and all the drama. <laughs> but I, I think for me, honestly, there there is enough positive that I feel good about Inter right now. When you think about exiting the financial fair play settlement, uh, bringing in Marotta, which I think was the signing of the season for Inter. I know we're going to debate, you know, Conte in a few minutes, but certainly I, I see Suning making an investment, a big monetary investment in a coach that that they believe will take them to the next level. So I, I see uh, hopefully enough positive things, enough positive seeds being planted. Uh, and of course, the relief of that comes with Champions League qualification because yeah, Conte would come regardless. But without Champions League qualification, who knows how that would affected uh, would have affected the summer Mercato. I'm sure there would have been, you know, differences in the money to spend and all that. Plus, you you get to enjoy Champions League games next season. So 
for as as difficult uh, of a roller coaster as it may have been and and overall my negatives my my memories on the pitch will be negative from this campaign uh, I think overall there is there is a theme of positivity especially having the financial fair play stuff behind you uh, I, right now I, I feel good I actually feel happy today and I feel very happy that this season is now over oh yeah that I can definitely I'm most happy about that to be honest that this incredible crap storm of a season is over um to, to be perfectly honest um i'm really really happy about that um but to be honest my my feeling is this that this has been you know okay inter started the season pretty poorly but when you go on a seven win you know seven seven match winning streak that kind of uh, uh, that that kind of you know uh, that puts everything in order again and then you, you you know i started to think that okay you know inter struggled in the beginning but now they're going to you know that now they're on, a, on 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 form and then you know uh, then the match against napoli that was so important that inter unexpectedly won because uh, i thought that was a very well balanced game uh, despite all the disgusting off-field uh, or behavior in the stands, um, you know, then, 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 since then, it's just been complete circus show um, from from everyone. Um, I mean, James was very diplomatic when he said it couldn't have been easy to have to to share a dressing room with Ivan Perisic and and and. Um, Mauro Icardi, I that that's putting it mildly. It must have been hell. I mean, think about someone like Milan Skriniar and poor Defray, his first season. He must have think, what kind of a circus freak show have I walked into here? I mean, it, it just you have you have a dressing room where the captain's wife goes on TV every week and and, and criticizes her husband slash agent's teammates, and he 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 says his defense is I didn't say it, she did. And is compl- like like a five year old and is completely unable to understand the chain of consequences that you're it's still someone representing you just f- just like she is completely un- uh, uh, incapable of intellectually comprehending that when she as his agent says these things it, it reflects poorly on him and instead she she plays this kind of you know she plays the martyr of Jesus dying on the cross for the sins of humanity pretty much and and it just goes on from there. Um, and, and, and to me, this has been, you know, and then you have Spalletti, who clearly is insane and crazy, uh, that, that does all the stuff he does. But at the end of the day, I, I actually wanted to pay, give a little bit of credit to Spalletti because he came to Inter with one clear objective, and that was to stabilize Inter uh, as a team that qualifies for the Champions League. And despite everything, he did that. And that, I think, should be acknowledged. But the rest of them, absolutely, I agree. So many of these players have to leave. Dalbert uh i you know the guy has the per, you know the the mental strength of eggshells or you know tissue paper you, i mean yesterday he walked on there and he was shell shocked he was scared of his own shadow when i mean how d'ambrosio managed to get that ball onto the onto the crossbar and then went absolutely ballistic shouting at talbert i mean these players have to leave they 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 are just not mentally strong enough to be at Inter. And to, for me, the, the the mercato that we're going into right now, the most important aspect of that is being able to get paid for these players. Uh, that's where I want to see if Asilio and Marotta can, can really uh, you know, earn their wage. Can they get paid for Dalbert? Can they get paid for, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? 
uh, can they get paid for okay for Perisic? Can you know? Can they you know? Can, should Politano stay? Can they can they redeem him and then sell him on for a profit? You know, all of these players that have been that have been you know very very un, you know unstable so to speak mentally. These 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 have to go. And 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 if you're bringing especially if you're bringing Antonio Conte, who is a is a coach who is so much you have to be so mentally strong to deal with Antonio Conte this is a guy who I mean I remember him at Juventus when he ripped into Milos Krasic on the sidelines in front of the whole world and the whole stadium uh, for for nothing it's not Spalletti Spalletti doesn't do that on the sidelines he just yells and screams but he doesn't he doesn't you know he doesn't give you put you through the ringer like that like in as, as an individual um conte will do that if he's not happy he he's not you know he doesn't he doesn't take any prisoners and if you're going to do that with this group of players <laughs> that's going to end in complete chaos uh, but 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 if they do give him the mercato that he wants, if they bring in the players, the characters that he wants, um, you know, my only concern, and this is why I spoke to Fulvio about yesterday when we were speaking on the phone, is that I don't. My my con- biggest concern is Milan Skriniar, and that is that I don't see Milan Skriniar working well in a in a in a in a defensive in, in a three man defense. Um, other than that, I I don't have any concerns, maybe except for maybe his volatile personality. Uh, and and if but, but then again Marotta is used to that so I hope that he should be able to handle that. Um, what do you think, Will? I mean, w- what's your overall feeling about Conte now that he's, by all accounts, he's definitely coming? Well, I think one thing that Conte has shown in his, uh, both at Chelsea, at Juventus, and uh, kind of as in charge of Italy is that he's one of the best coaches in the world at succeeding in his first season in charge of clubs. Um, he's and I think that that speaks to his ability to almost rebuild, you know, take a, a team that's kind of down in the dumps, um, stuff it full of, of motivation, grinta and uh, and passion um, and take it back to, to its former glories. It's not, it's not quite the, the task he has here at Inter, because uh, while we have all these problems that we've just discussed, we have qualified for the Champions League two years in a row. There is a there's already a project kind of on its feet here. Um, so he's got a bit of a head start compared to where he was maybe with Juventus and, um, and to an extent with, with Chelsea. Um, having said that, I think, you know, he's one of he's I think he's one of the best coaches around at the moment. If you look at the alternatives, there weren't that many. Um, and I, I, as a, someone who follows Chelsea, I was very not particularly surprised when he, you know, he took Chelsea to the title because that's the kind of thing he does. You know, he's he, he's uh, he's good at getting kind of rubbish players to overperform. Um, so I, I'm not against it. I think he's probably got a, he's better equipped to, to challenge Juventus than, than Spalletti would have done. I think it's, it's, it's not impossible that we could start uh, getting a little bit close to Juventus with Conte. I think with Spalletti, that would always have been difficult just because of a pedigree and, you know, um, experience almost. But um, there is a big question mark over... I think the fans, and I don't say this is an accusatory thing, you know, I think there's going to, the Inter fans are going to be split right down the middle with Conte. And I wonder what that's going to do to uh, the atmosphere around the club, because there will be some, even if Inter were to be top at Christmas, who would not feel right about being top with Antonio Conte. Um, and I hope that that doesn't kind of um, uh, influence the, the the passion and the, the, the attendance figures at San Siro, because that's always been, uh, this club's strongest force. Um, 
I, but as I said, I was as I was hinting at earlier, I think there's only so much Conte can do with this group of players. You know, I know that he's he is good at getting players to overperform, but this this group of players just seems chronically addicted to you know just just chronically weak mentally. Um, and if they've done this, if they had the same season, you know, since 2015, 16, three times out of four, or even four times out of four, you know, this is this is possibly just going to be the same, you know, and, and I, I'm, I'm worried that we will now spend the next two months hearing about how Conte will revitalise Vecino, how he will revitalise D'Ambrosio, how Perisic will be back to his best under Conte. You know, you've got to stop indulging this squad of players. And I don't know if he's, I don't know if that's going to be, you know, I don't think we're going to hide behind Conte as an excuse to keep this squad. Because I think if that doesn't happen, then we could well be in for another sort of um, very expensive disappointment. So mm. I don't know. I, in theory, I'm not against it, but I, I don't think Conte on his own is enough to, to solve Inter's problems. Uh, Fulvio, what, what are your thoughts on, on Conte taking over at Inter? I mean, you, are, you, you live in Italy, you're from uh, Milan, the area. How do you think this will affect Inter, uh, as, as Will was alluding to? Well, it's... Uh... It's actually difficult to predict, you know, because um, I start I start probably it's better first in first start to saying that I agree with this choice. Uh, I agree just because uh, I see in Antonio Conte an upgrade. Um, if we if we put that in comparison with uh, with Paletti, and um, for the for for a team that's uh, when I when I grow up because uh, that's I think that's the assumption. Um, Spalletti is not enough. Um, or at least Spalletti is, is okay to, to rebuild, was okay to rebuild the team, and uh, he made a good job at the end of the day. But uh, it's not um, it's not able to, uh, or at least it's not the right profile to try win something, right? To try to lift some some trophies, let's say. So I start to say that I, I agree with this, but uh, we'll at a point, right? Because uh, if the um, if the hiring of, of Conte is uh, the um, how can I say the the short road to go into the current current squad and say okay this is the squad but uh, with Conte you will see that uh, will be that will be different uh, I'm not okay with that uh, definitely right especially with players like uh, especially with the, the, that two players Icardi and Perisic that in my opinion needs to leave as soon as possible right so. Uh, Actually, it's um, it's something that um, that I I I wouldn't understand, right? If um, if in Inter um, hiring Conte and uh, avoid to make uh, to make some some signing real, uh, I'm gonna say game changer, right? At least a couple of game changer, and we all we all know what, what are the what are the zone of the of the field that needs to be needs to be rebuilt uh, practically, but. Uh, I don't know if uh, what's what what will be the attitude of um, of uh, Conte because uh, I remember that when Conte first arrived at Juventus, uh, but Juventus came from a seventh spot in Serie A, so a um, completely different situation, right? It was a team to be rebuilt practically from from square one. Um, but actually, on the first uh, season of um, of Juventus, uh, it, Juventus buy a, a lot of players, right? So. Uh, they bought Matri, they bought uh, Vucinic, uh, Vidal, Quagliarella, Licksteiner, Pepe, Giaccherini. So, I mean, 
not not really not very big names, but um, but at the end of the day are names that uh, was useful for the for the Conte style of play. But uh, we witness that later. Um, so what I think is that if you are Conte, you need to understand that Conte needs some kind of players that have some attitude, and uh, of course, Inter players now have, don't have this attitude. I think that's. Uh, we, we all witnessed yesterday why, right? It's it's a team that it's um, it's terrified about the victory, and uh, it's the same. It's exactly opposite of Conte at the moment. So that's that's one that's one of the of the thing that uh, that Conte can uh, can bring. But the other thing is that um, it will be the I mean the fan base will be very divided. Will will be. Uh, controversial, right? Because um, I mean, the, I I think that uh, I think that uh, this hiring of Conte means that uh, uh, there's a there's a completely different path that Inter will take from now on, or probably already start to take, uh, and um, it practically jeopardizes uh, all the all the um, uh, how can I say all the bricks of uh, what we call Interismo. So that means practically the the principle of uh, being an Inter supporters. So like uh, you know what Moratti built, what uh, Massimo Moratti built uh, in uh, his 20, uh, 20 years uh, and uh, twenty years of uh, being president, and uh, the poison rivalry with Juventus uh, made made um, have a role here because Conte was uh, was the the captain of this of this Juventus that uh, that practically started this poisoned uh, rivalry with uh, with Inter. But uh, you know what? At the end of the day, I think it's a matter of, of results, right? Um, so I now I I'm I'm talking with people, and a lot of people are saying to me, "Okay, I I stop here, and uh, I I will I will probably I will probably follow some games, but uh, my affection will not won't be the same." But it's easy to say it now. I want to understand what happened if Conte achieve some results, right? Because typically when you achieve, achieve some results, everybody tends to forget everything about, about the past, uh, about the, the values of uh, all of this, about the principles. Uh, so it's difficult to understand uh, how Conte will affect, uh, will affect uh, uh, Inter in this, in this way. But uh, what can we say for me, for sure, I'm pretty convinced about this, is that uh, uh, we are witnessing a change of era into into Inter and uh, the hiring um, Barotta and hiring Conte is uh, uh, is more than a hint in this direction. Mm, yeah, that's that's a really interesting point. Uh, where are you, uh, Alex, on, on the Conte debate on the Conte scale? <laughs> well, I'm I'm very happy for Antonio Conte because moving to Milano, he won't have to travel very far to buy his next couch. You know, uh, the, the trip he made from the trip he made from London to Milan back in January, the frequent flyer miles are no longer necessary. Um, admittedly, when I first around that time, you know, January might even have been late in the fall when we first saw uh, saw Conte's name linked to Inter, my initial reactions were no not him not that guy i, I don't want the uva dna creeping farther and farther into inter um slowly though i i conditioned myself to the idea that fulvio mentioned this that this is a results oriented business and i just want to see this team win trophies again and, and i do honestly believe with those available especially with the rapport and the relationship that he has with marotta i think they're making the right choice Let's not discount how important it is uh, for Beppe Marotta to be able to 
make his own hire and, and put his fingerprints on this. Uh, it was very obvious in recent months, the friction that he had with Spalletti, Spalletti essentially calling him out, you know, usually not by name, but maybe sometimes by name in some of the post-match comments he made. Uh, it was it was toxic, right? And, and you know, not, not that Antonio Conte bleeds sanity. Like, you don't usually think, oh, this is a guy that's going to bring harmony to your organization. But I, I do think that, you know, with he and Marotta being on the same page and with this being a Marotta move uh, right there, I think it puts Inter in a better position with the CEO and, and the coach being on the same page. So uh, in, in that regard, he's certainly an upgrade over Spalletti. There's no doubt in my mind about that. And you know, I alluded to this earlier. Uh, I think that this is a big statement by Suning, and it's it's welcome to see the sort of investment they were able to make both from a symbolic standpoint to go after you know one of the most sought after available coaches and you know i I don't know if the the reports are true that he's really going to be making 12 million per season i I hope it's a little bit less than that because i don't don't know how the bidding could get that high but it, it certainly shows a symbolic and financial investment that this ownership group is making and now that the financial fair play restrictions are, are behind them. Uh, hopefully this is a sign of things to come in the transfer window. So uh, I think it's overall a, a positive move. And uh, I look forward to seeing him introduced probably this week. That's, that's a great I think point. That's a, I think it's a really important point about Marotta. And I, I forgot to mention yeah. that. You know, if you're going to take Marotta, you have to let him be Marotta at you know, 360 degrees. You know, it's no point just having him there and not giving him the keys to the to the to the car as it is you know he's got to be able to if he's gonna you know he, he's got to be able to make his like like you said stamp his mark on his this is his sporting project you know he can't he can't build his vision if he can't choose the coach you know it would just it would just undermine him completely and at that point you would have to ask well why have we why have we got him you know you've got to let Marotta exactly. be Marotta completely so um you know keeping Spalletti from that sense wouldn't have had wouldn't have had much sense one thing that uh, that Alex mentioned there as well is the money. Now, the, <laughs> this is costing into a lot of money, and that shouldn't be forgotten either. Because you know, if we're if we're if we're, if we're all saying that we hope that this doesn't um, encourage the club to maybe not revamp the squad in the way we want, this is going to slash the budget for this summer. You know, we don't know the exact numbers, but it's going to cost a lot of money to pay Spalletti out for the two years of his contract that was that was left, and it's going to cost Conte. So it's going to cost into a lot of money to, to employ Conte for three years with, with that kind of salary. So it, we don't know exactly how much money is going, to be, is going to be available. We never quite know unless you're inside. But um, even with financial fair play maybe stepping out of the way, I, I wonder how much that will impact on the, 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 the business that Inter are going to do over the summer. I hope it's not significant um, damage that it causes because... This is this is this is an operation that cannot be delayed any longer. You know, the, 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 the revamping of the squad. Mm, agreed, agreed. Now it's time for the part of the show where we pay tribute, rip the piss out of, and criticize someone or something in the world of football pretty heavily. Uh, starting with uh, this week's uh, uh, moji, uh, this week's fro- frog actually, which will start with Mr. Alex Dono. E clamoroso autogol di Ranocchia. A little unconventional, maybe, but for this week's frog, I have to give a shout out to the absolute shitstorm on Calcio Twitter during the the late matches on Sunday. I mean, boy, was it fun, you know, having the Inter, Atalanta, Milan matches happening simultaneously, having in, in one second you had 
Inter in third. Now uh, Atalanta's in fourth, Milan in fifth, and Milan's in third, and Inter's in Europa League. To see it go back and forth in his will mentioned in our group chat, oh, the delightful amount of drafts of Milan Twitter that they must have had ready to celebrate Inter's demise into Europa League. I would love to see some of those tweets come to the surface. And guys, most of all, really, I, I think the frog should go to so many of uh, so, so many of you out there on Inter Twitter who have just ripped the piss out of for years. Danilo D'Ambrosio now having to admit this guy essentially single-handedly gifted Inter four points this season and stopping that Milan shot with his nuts and then, you know, doing what he did uh, on Sunday with that goal line clearance to the crossbar, the amount of apologies that man has seen on social media. And also Samir Handanovic, guys, yeah. you know, so controversial how, oh, sometimes he stands and just watches shots and does nothing, criticized for winning, you know, goalkeeper of the year, which was a little curious to me, but Boy, did he go out there on Sunday and earn that award probably in that one match. And so uh, just the amount of Twitter apologies D'Ambrosio, um, Handanovic had, and, and just the amount of nonsense that was spewed during Sunday's matches. I don't know how we watch football before football Twitter, but guys, it was delightful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, was, I, was one, I was one of them. I was one of them about, about Handanovic. Uh. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I was one of them about D'Ambrosio. I can admit that I was one of the D'Ambrosio Me too. Me know. too. If he tried to do that clearance another thousand times, it would never <laughs> hit the bar and bounce out. You know, we say the same thing after the clearance of the derby, the last, yeah. the last, yeah. last minute clearance, right? And uh, actually, he, he achieved that again. So yeah. probably it's not no. a coincidence. But Handanovic, we have to say, you and I were talking about it earlier, Fulvio, that must have been the best performance that Handanovic has given in his career. I mean, the saves he did, I was watching them again. Wow. It's, in such an important match, I think it is. Uh, I can remember, actually, uh, a game uh, that Handanovic uh, played uh, on this level. It was against Atalanta, 15-16 uh, season, the first season of Mancini. And oh, it yeah, was, when he had uh, the cap on in the sun. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. that one, that one, and oh, he, he made an incredible game, he? he made an incredible game, but, you know, it was not so important, right, so it's, uh, it makes some difference when you, when you have this important game, and when you have your teammates that practically are not, not, in, not into the game with, the, with, the, with their mind anymore, and you are able to achieve this kind of performance, that's, that is something, guys. Ah, agreed, agreed. Right, let's move on to something much more negative, this week's Moji, which will be presented by Mr. Fulvio Santucci. There is this sick habitude in Italy to think about uh, what happened behind the scenes of the last game of Serie A, right? Uh, in Italy, we are used to call that biscotto, which uh, literally means cookie, but uh, basically, <laughs> basically it refers to an adjusted game, right? And uh, it's it's typical in the in the Serie A games to think in the last Serie A games to think about that. Uh, but it's typically when uh, you have uh, teams that uh, have not any ambition of uh, of standing um, normally. But this story is different. Um, so Gianluigi Buffon once said uh, that it's better to have two wounded persons than a single casualty. And uh, this, uh, this is history, practically. But that sounds exactly like what happened uh, last night in Fiorentina-Genoa uh, on the Florence match. So let me give you some background. Uh, both teams uh, were involved in the relegation group. 
as Fiorentina needed one point to survive, while Genoa needed one point more than Empoli to keep the Serie A party on. Um, so when this background was clear, immediately everyone started into each other, like, uh, how does it sound, uh, an adjusted draw? I mean, at the end of the day, these two teams were amongst the ones who achieved uh, uh, less games won in the, in the second part of the season, so why not? Right? And now you can tell me, okay, Fulvio, but do you think you're too suspicious? I mean, two teams in relegation zone are supposed <laughs> no, to I fight love for it. the last. I love this, Fulvio. Go, go, go. I'm loving this. You know I love this. Yes, go. Give me more. Give me more. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I, I, I mean, two teams in relegation zone normally are supposed to fight for their life, right? You see that in all the, the leagues of the world. You see that in England. You see that in Germany. You see that um, in Spain, uh, also Spain. But uh, typically, when, when two teams are involved in the relegation zone and... Uh, they have a clash against each other into the last uh, into the last game of the season. It it is a clash, right? It's uh, it's assumed that it is a clash. Well, surprise, surprise! It was a draw, nil nil. Nine shots on aggregate, guys. Nine shots on aggregate, and I don't mean shots on the on goal, but I mean aggregate shots. Nine <laughs> shots on aggregate. A combined expected goals rate of zero point forty two, which is. Which is practically, which is practically the rate of uh, of a screener or Gagliardini or something like that. <laughs> uh, with both both things, we're very happy to finish the season like that. I mean, uh, it's uh, they, they they were happy to finish the season like that. But you know what the the funny part is is that these two teams clearly clearly avoid to go into the clash because Genoa relied to inter victory, yeah. which was which was actually not the best idea ever, as we all witnessed, <laughs> right? <laughs> but anyway, they really go through this way, and uh, they literally stopped playing with a plan to to avoid playing until some surprise came from San Siro. Uh, this is really unfair. Let's let's face it, guys. This is really unfair because uh, honestly, honestly, Empoli we witnessed yesterday deserves to stay up much, much more than the two other teams, Fiorentina and uh, and Genoa. But uh, yeah, it is what it is. There's no there's no mercy for that. So uh, Empoli Empoli went down. Uh, Fiorentina Genoa would stay up with this uh, alleged, and uh, I mean that in bracket, alleged adjusted cool. game. But uh, at least we can literally, and I mean literally, nominate both as our emoji of the week. I absolutely love these biscotti rumors and 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 ideas. You know I do full view. I love this. Oh, I'm I'm like a kid on Christmas. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. I love Italian uh, paranoia. I absolutely love it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's move on to the Moratti of the week, which will be presented by Mr. Will Beckman. He's, he works a lot. He's intelligent, and he surprises uh, people sometimes with his uh, ideas. Not easy to find one person of this quality. Uh, yes, this week's Moratti, I think, can only be us, poor Inter fans, because <laughs> because you know we're alive. Happens, yeah, we're, we're alive. alive. Whatever happens, we are stupid. We are stupidly in love, and we keep going to the stadium. Uh, we keep going to San Siro to watch our hearts being twisted, ripped out, put back in again. Um, and, you know, for the sixth season in a row, we've topped the average attendance figures in Serie A. Inter put out a, a statement earlier today to say that 1.3 million people have turned up to watch Inter this season. Um, we're in the top 10 for attendance figures in Europe. Uh, and this year, we've also moved on to the top five for attendance figures in Europe ahead of Real Madrid. 
Um, That's amazing. Which is which is you know really really remarkable. Um, obviously, Real Madrid have not had the best season ever, but even so, to be you know I'd I'd love someone to 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 send that tweet to whichever Spanish journalist had a go at us and compared us to Kievo last year. I can't remember what his name is, but he works for us. Um, the the guy who, who mocked us for trying to sign Modric. I hope he's listening to this. Um, so, but, oh, and we got we got a point more than Real Madrid, by the way, in the league this season. So yeah. you know, screw him. Uh, who's who's who looks like Kievo now, eh? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Inter Inter's fans have to be the the monarchy of the week because you know this team is absolute nonsense. This year it's been more nonsense than ever before. It's been an, a never ending sufferance. It's been completely and utterly horrible. I never want to think about this season again. And yet, here we all are. We're still here, turning up every week to watch these idiots play football, or at least try to play football. Um, and I just wanted to extend my arms and, and embrace all of you and congratulate you for, for not deserting and, uh, and getting to the end of the season alive. Because I think if anyone deserves to be celebrated this week, it must be us. Thank you. Absolutely. Well done, Will. Uh, on that note, um, there's a Napoli uh, supporter, uh, Art Morelli. He, he's a friend of mine on Twitter. And he, he, he said that after the, the pod last week, uh, he, he said he tuned in to gloat because he, Napoli destroyed Inter. But because of how miserable we were, he really started feeling bad for us. So that he was rooting for us to actually win uh, this weekend uh, because he felt no one deserves that, that kind of crap. Um, so yeah, I, I think we 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 Inter fans uh, definitely deserve to be the Moji of the uh, sorry the Moratti of the of the of the week because um, that we that we continue putting ourselves through this this hell um, is beyond me but but we do it and and sometimes it's worth it and most of it it isn't but we do it um, and, uh, and 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 it's uh, and it's it's going to be is I think that now you know after all of this um, we're We've got three months of Mercato to look forward to uh, without without the without the settlement agreement for stopping Inter and the Champions League and hopefully you know and, and probably a new coach as well. So I think we deserve that 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 kind of energy boost that this gives because this season has been. I mean, I was exhausted in March. I wanted it to end in March. Uh, but the but but then the 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 Icardis decided to go all Fifty Shades of Grey on Instagram and and everything that happened after that. So no, uh, great one. Uh, it's really been the, it's been the worst season in years, nah, isn't it? You know, we've qualified it, for the Champions League, but it's just been <laughs> awful. No, mentally I mean, it's been. Draining. We are all I spent. I'm spent. I'm absolutely yes. spent. It's, we it's we like, couldn't do another pod next week. We're all going no. to sleep for a month. <laughs> no, not exactly. <laughs> I don't. I, I just want to, you know, I just want to basically sleep for, for a month too. Um, right. Uh, I'd like to, that was all we had time for this week, uh, this year, this season. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone who's been on the pod, everyone who's listened, uh, especially a special uh, big shout out to James Horncastle for coming on tonight and also David Garth, uh, the former um, commercial venue director of Inter. I'd also like to thank uh, you, uh, Will, for, for commiserating these this past year with us, with me here. <laughs> it's okay, guys. It's all over. Luca Banti has whistled. And, uh, <laughs> 2018-19 can <laughs> sod off forever. Yes. See you in August. Uh, yeah, and you also, Alex. Thanks for being here this season. Oh. Despite uh, the chaos, it's been a great time with you guys. Pazza Inter, always and forever. 
Yeah, indeed. And thank you, Fulvio, for coming on this season. It's been great to have you on. Hope you'll come uh, also next season. And, and thank you for all, for sharing the, the, the stuff from Italy that you know I love. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, it was really a pleasure to stay to stay here with you, to mm, discuss with you about, about this. Uh, and, of course, I will be, will be here next season as well. Absolutely. Until then, I hope you have an amazing summer. Uh, buona vacanze and sempre e solo forza Inter.